Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Uh, joining me today, we've got uh, we've got Max and we've got Terry. Uh, Max, it's been a while. Welcome back, man. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a fan of your flowers. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, this is a very awkward house to accommodate for recording, so I've had to make do with what I've got. Sorry. You, you know, have editors, have fun with the green screen, do what you like. Uh, I'll be eager to see what you can come up with. So I, I, I would explain to people listening via podcast what we're talking about, but uh, I think Max just told you, flowers and there's green behind it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I am clearly not in my normal recording space. I am actually at North Myrtle Beach on the coast with my entire family, who is all somewhere... In uh, in this space somewhere, so uh, people who are watching, you may randomly see a child walking past, looking uh, lost and confused. That may happen, or uh, yeah, or you could hear people playing in the back. Yeah, I'm just saying, um, just pretend like it's uh, the way it normally is. I wish it was like uh, you know when Tom was in Wales and you could hear the seagulls, you know, but. Here, if I opened the, you'd hear nothing but wind. You know what I mean? It'd be, just, it would just sound like a bad recording. Um, all right, so uh, we decided to, on, a, on a, a nice light intro topic, or it's light for some. It's, it's light for us, I think. Uh, squad numbers, uh, squad numbers were released. I know a lot of people were clamoring to make this happen uh, a little earlier. Uh, Terry, anything st- stood out for you where you, you're thinking, hey, I-, I like that, or I don't, or I don't care? Oh, no, I, I care a great deal about squad numbers. I'm part of that generation, that um, like <laughs> these early 2000s where squad numbers mean the world. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of a couple of nice ones in there. Like, I'm really glad Richarlison's gone to number seven um, from 30. Um, I'm actually, in a twist of fate, really um, glad that Moise Keane didn't get number nine because that would have, um, I think, heaped unnecessary extra pressure on him because he's already got it on being the new star man. To be the number nine as well, I think a certain expectation of style comes with that. Yeah, I don't think it should, but it does. Wish he'd got a slightly better number than 27. I'm not a fan of that. Like, I don't, I don't like, I would prefer to see him be, what was he at Juventus? 18. I would have liked him to have 17, but that's gone to a Wobie. Something better than, than 27. Yeah. So 17 for me, it'd be like reminiscent of when Lukaku first arrived, so that would have been nice, but they missed that touch. So you guys you guys don't like these addition-type numbers where they're they're all about the maths? It's like, look, 2 plus 7 is 9, that's why I got 27, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's what they do often, you know? That's my replacement. Mm. No, I'm not a fan of that. To be honest, not, not your thing. Not your thing, guys. <laughs> it is, it is a, it's like a very South American thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I believe mm. that Richarlison was number thirty originally. I'm sure I read that because he wanted to be seventy, but the Premier League mm. wouldn't allow it. I don't know why, why he'd want to yeah. be number. 30, but that's what he was in South America. He wasn't that at Watford. 
but he tried to be a here, and I'm sure that like seven was available. Summary arrived, so I just don't know what's going on there. But yeah. he's got a he's got a better number now, and you know, hopefully, you know, he's better than some of the more recent number sevens we've had, which is like Balassi and McGeezy, and you know, I've heard people say this number seven's cursed. Mm. Surely it can't be anymore with Richarlison. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, it's just for me in particular, my generation, that it it always seemed to be the Brazilians to take up good number Brandon. He had you know. El Phenomeno, R9 for Ronaldo, and then R10. Mm. I remember when I was a kid getting loads of R10 gear, the Ronaldinho stuff, playing like boots and that. So, yeah, um, DCL getting number nine, you know, that's the Number nine's a fascinating number of recent years for Everton, isn't it? But hopefully you can break the case, so to speak. I'm, I'm always amazed by the, uh, and it's just, he's maintained the same number this year, but he is a clear starter this year at Yeri Mena, but being number 13. Uh, that's that's always. Did you do you guys ever? Does, is there a story with that, or is he just like this? Is just what I like. I think I think there is a story behind it. Obviously, for, for me, for on a personal level, I've got to give a shout out to Michael Keane moving to number five. I was mentioning to Terry then off, off camera that um, I've got I've got number five in my sleeve, a number tattoo, the number that my granddad used to play as, and I played mm. with it when I played. So seeing a centre half go to number five, it was nice. But yeah, Gary Mina really should have took up number four to, I don't know, give that level of satisfaction to the one to the eleven crew. But Gary Mina's number thirteen um, at Columbia as well. Even when it's everyone else's one to eleven, so he must have some connection to number thirteen. So he's requested that. In fact, I, I'm sure Joe Virginia was thirteen the summer that he arrived, and then Mina in the same summer came in, and. Virginia had to give it up straight away because Mina requested specifically to have thirteen, and obviously, big you know thirty million pound signing is going to pull rank over like a you know a reserve goalkeeper. Uh, just speaking of that, um, the number on the sleeve tattoo, Bernard's got the number twenty in his sleeve tattoo, and he, that's his squad number, isn't it? I've always noticed that mm-hmm. he's got by his wrist number twenty. Um, the only thing, oh, the other thing that I didn't like about the numbers was I'm not speaking to uh, JP. Gabamon at all because he's a defensive midfielder and he's got pick number 25 when number 6 and number 4 are both available what is his problem <laughs> I feel like it's done to annoy me specifically it's like 25 and there's 4 and 6 available in a whole midfielder slash centre back either of them would have been perfect for him what's he doing mm. I was somewhat, I'm somewhat used to it after, <laughs> after having Fellaini it, it doesn't look out of place Seeing a central midfielder wearing number twenty-five, but I'd like to, I'd like to echo the same tone towards Alex Awobi. Like, I've, I've, I've had conversations with you two. Um, I want Alex Awobi to prove me wrong. Let's put it that way. I wish him all the best. I hope he performs well. But that number seventeen for me, it's kind of sacred. Like, you've got obviously Tim Cahill, you've got Romelu Lukaku when he first came, and then you've got a Drissa Gay. Three absolutely fantastic players, and. You know, it's to me, there's that's a bar to live up to. I mean, if he carries on the streak, he'll be great then, Moni, because every single previous incumbent was great. But to, I, I go far back enough to remember the one before uh, Tim Cale was, I'm sure, Scott Gemmell. <laughs> so, um, what else? Um, oh, there was another player, I can't remember who it was, though, who's got a weird number. Morales oh, yeah. has been shifted, which I think's odd. Which? Morales. Oh no, he's been he's been bumped with a crap number because he's mm. going basically. Yeah, the thirties. Yeah, you can tell who's even like you know like Balassi, 
Morales, Martina, and Nias have all yes. just given high numbers that they did yeah. previously. It was like, yeah, let's just drive home the point again <laughs> that you're not welcome and you're not going to stay. But I, I, you say you were a bit gutted about it won't be getting 17. Nothing will ever ruin a new transfer, quite like when Schneiderlin signed and he had number two. Two. Yeah. It ruined everything. <laughs> the whole transfer, I was angry. It was just like, no, it's, uh, send them back. I don't want him anymore because he's a centre midfielder <laughs> at number two. The full-back numbers are the only numbers that you can't really you know, get away with. I was terrified that Aruna Kone was going to be number two when he came to Everton because that's what he was at Wigan. I was like, if we've ever got a striker who's number two, I'll stop supporting the club because that is ridiculous. <laughs> the other, the other big one from this summer that we forgot to mention is the the switch over between Gomez and Delph, which mm. I know quite a few people weren't too happy with Gomez changing from the number eight, but there was a personal reason behind that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there was, and I, I, I was kind of annoyed because eight has always been my favorite number, and Gomez is a, a hell of a player, and so the idea of you know, I, I like Delph, Delph's fine. But the idea of our number eight possibly not starting a decent amount of games this season, because uh, you, you have no idea the combinations that that uh, Silva's going to use, that just annoys me. You know what I mean? I'm, that I do, and I'm just kind of like, I want to be able to have that number eight be a player where I'm just like, yes, yes, you know, one day I'll get that. No, it's, yeah. That one annoy me a little bit, but I, I do sort of like the whole, like, Everton players being able to kind of take the ones they want, though. You know what I mean? They're just kind of, it's very like, it's relaxed. Um, yeah. And it's very like, hey, Terry, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> the, the, only one I'm, <laughs> the only one I'm gutted about, more like to a proper degree, is Moise Keane. He could have had any number. Why has he got 27? I don't care if it's personal. I, I've said no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is there a gap between like is it uh, fifteen and sixteen? Uh, like, there's no we don't have a fifteen or sixteen right now. Is that right? No, we don't. So Van Distant, ever since he's left, no one took it up. Have they oh, cleverly? They cleverly. Yeah, I mean, fifteen's not really a good number anyway. Sixteen's not bad. Sixteen tends to be like um, centre midfielder. Uh, James McCarthy was sixteen. Um, Forget who it was before him. I'm sure, I'm sure Gravison was 16. Possibly. Jack Elka, though, as well. He was 16 for a season before he got number six. Yeah. I always quite liked uh, the number 23 and 32 because they were David Beckham's numbers at Madrid and Milan. We thought they were quite cool. But we've not, uh, not got anyone senior in either of those. Oh, no, we have got 23. Coleman. Coleman, yeah. yeah. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get up on your desk. Yeah. <laughs> I am, this is the podcast section, Jerry. Tell the, tell the people that I am on the desk. Terry is on his desk. There is no controlling this guy. <laughs> uh, oh, so I, I have to say this because this is just a, the, it's not even a segue. It has nothing to do with anything, but only because I, I we've got to finish the numbers section and move on. But. There is this commercial that I found for a Mexican restaurant, all right, that basically utilize, it just breaks every copyright code for Marvel. It's ridiculous. But it basically, it's Thanos talking about how he's like, yo soy inevitable or something. He's like, he's basically saying it in Spanish and he snaps. And then all of a sudden this 
owner of this Mexican restaurant comes up and they do all these close-ups of like Mexican food and it has this animated Thanos like squatting and like looking around. <laughs> like it's the best commercial I've ever seen and I'm going to send it to you soon. Okay? And it's got this bizarre like slow like salsa beat to the Avengers theme and I've never seen anything like it. So, yeah. Now that I've gone just stream of consciousness uh, tangent tangential uh, conversation. Uh, this is what you have in store for you on today's show. We are starting with Palace Thoughts. We've been very careful not to bring any in to this opening, into our opening section. But uh, we have we have some thoughts, at least three thoughts. Uh, then we're going to talk about squad assessment. How, how deep are we? Uh, how shallow are we? How thin? Uh, where are the problem areas? Where are the areas of strength? And then we'll finish with, uh, if you know your history, the uh, Everton-based quiz, quiz segment that Max named many moons ago. Let's get started with our Palace thoughts. Um, for a nil-nil draw, it actually was, there were some chances. It wasn't the total, like, you know, snooze fest that uh, many were expecting uh, when they saw it. I, I saw it after the fact, because uh, my oldest had a, Latino League Championship game in which the trophy was as big as my child. Okay, Latino Leagues do not play around with their trophies. I'll I'll post a picture at some point. It's insane. Um, But I got to watch it, and and there's a lot of chances. Actually, decently entertaining game. Uh, Very, very wind. Okay, Uh, very wind. Uh, But honestly, uh, when I was watching it, I, I think the big thing was the injury to Andre that, uh, that kind of that changed some things. Um, I'm going to open, I'm going to start with Max this time because, well, Terry's been here for a while and Max just hasn't been here for a while and I'm trying to be polite. So Max, give us some opening thoughts. Don't blab all your thoughts just yet, but give me, give me some good stuff. To start uh, I'll, try any hardest. I'll try any hardest, but I saw like a little clickbait uh, match reports about um, how Palace were held by ten men, ever, and I don't think that was the case. Like for the in term, from a statistical point of view, it was dominant from us. There were just many examples of not putting clear goal scoring opportunities away. Like from the off Sigurdsson in the second minute, that should be in the back of the net. Um, there are a few other chances as well. Coleman, I think that was later on around the thirtieth minute mark again, but. You know, you, you have from the perform from the perspective of looking at the entirety of the performance. Although, yeah, that was the big turning point. Andre Gomez getting injured, unfortunately, good to going down to the ten men. Um, both Palace and Everton finished the the last season just gone relatively strongly. I think they got like five wins in the last eight between them. So, mm-hmm. you know, omitting preseason because I don't think Everton were all that great in preseason. They, no. You know, you were expecting quite a good game, like, uh, coming up against Everton, I think Palace, you know, succumb and accept the fact that they are going to be the defensive side, that they are going to have to present the low block, and that, that's always a feature of Crystal Palace when we come up against them, I feel. Um, I know, I don't know if you guys saw David's thread on the similarities between this game and the last time we played Crystal Palace at Salah's Park in April, but it was spooky. It was really spooky. How, like, similar the similar the year. Uh, the, the two games were. Um, I almost thought it was similar in, in how we played in that, again, similar to last season, we're trying to bed these new signings in. And, you know, we're not all there yet, but, 
you know, with we look you know go from the seventeen eighteen season where it was just like a nightmare, and watching watching the football was like a chore. You know, we've got a clear attack and identity, and that was really nice to see, particularly down that left hand side. The, you know, high press and fullbacks, um, and yeah, hopefully there's more to come. All right, uh, it's a good start, Max. Well done. Welcome back. Uh, so, <laughs> so Terry, what do you want to start with? I mean, I can definitely believe um, the threads from David about like the similarities from the last away match at Crystal Palace. Because when I was watching it, I felt like someone had played the, just put the video on of the last season's match because it was almost exactly the same. And it's the same problem we had with a lot of away games at these, you know, you know, smaller clubs, these like lesser teams, is that. We had absolutely loads of the ball. Um, ran the game possession-wise, you know, passes completed, all that through the roof, but not very many, you know, clear-cut chances. And that's where we we struggled last season towards the end as well. That when the teams that want to play and open up and attack you, like United, Chelsea, Arsenal, the better teams, we did better because we got to a counter-attack a little bit more. We got more space for our forwards to run into. When we're facing like a low block, who we are happy to try and break on us. We're a little bit blunt because um, Calvert-Lewin is our natural goal scorer. He's a good um, tool to use against certain teams, but he's not um, a box predator. He's not going to finish you know, um, all of his chances. Um, so if Sigurdsson is in the sort of mood that he was in on Saturday, where he is going to miss really guilt-edged chances like that, then we're going to struggle to score. Bernard, I, I similarly had a pretty poor game on the uh, the finishing front. He wasn't. Um, it was one where he cuts in, and he you know he just needs to let you know unleash it and you know send it off his laces. And he tries a little reverse pass to Dean, who who has stopped running because he thinks that Bernard's going to take a sh- shot at goal. And he you know because to all the world he should have. Um, that is hopefully something that we you know we iron out a little bit. You know the, this this sort of. A lack of sort of ability to break these teams down. Now the new players we've brought in, none of them really stand out as oh these are going to break down like you know defensive teams. Like Moise Keane is a good striker, but he's not going to be someone who's going to take the ball, mm. you know, break through three two lines of defence. Iwobi might be a different option because whilst he's not got the the talent of Sigurdsson in some respects, he does create a lot of chances. He moves uh, past the past the uh, striker a lot more than Sigurdsson does. So mate, that could be the thinking that the club have had with Simon and Wobie, that he's going to be better in those games than some of the players we've got now. But it's just a scruffy game. Um, same as the one last season. Lots of possession, lots of the uh, lots of you know good passing, at least while Gomez was on the pitch. Uh, not very much in the way of entertainment and clear-cut chances. They, you know, Palace did their job on us. They, they will have seen this game, especially when they didn't have Saha from the start, and said, "Right, we're going to have to just be, you know, disciplined and try and, you know, get some change out of Everton at the back." And they never got it because, you know, Mina and Keane were excellent, but they wouldn't have came into this game with any intention of opening up and having a, you know, going toe to toe with us. And, and they didn't. And you know, fair play to them in their position. Anyone would have done it. Yeah, the uh, the Andre Gomes, Andre Gomes, <laughs> Andre Gomes. I, I just feel like I still need to say Andre Gomez. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> Andre Gomez uh, injury was big. Um, 
and it was, you know, cause he was, cause he, I, I felt like he was doing a good job. He was actually, uh, you know, pushing us forward a little bit more. I, it, I feel like it seems pretty clear. All of our creativity almost always comes from the flanks, comes from the sides. We need to start figuring out a way to be able to attack through the center some, to be able to attack through the middle some, just to give us some variety, just to kind of make us a little less predictable. And I think that what you just said, Terry, talking about thoughts on a Wobi, I think that is going to give us a little more creativity coming from the middle. You know, I think I think also that was one of the things when we were thinking about signing uh, Decore, the idea that he carries the ball like that and pushes the ball forward like that. Um, I think that was one of our thoughts on that one. Um, so, yeah, a, a man of the match for me, I, I will say uh, – the, our entire back line and our keeper played well. Yeri Mina for me. Played well. Yeri Mina's my guy, though. And Jordan, Jordan Pickford, too. I think what I've got to mention as well is the, you know, the importance of Jordan Pickford was kind of reinforced in this game. Like, he was forced to make some brilliant 1v1 saves and just reinforced the fact that he is the best goalkeeper in the country. And he had not had to make any saves until then. That's, to me, like, that's a concentration thing. And that's that part of the keeper position that people don't understand. The idea of just not having to do anything for 60 minutes. And then all of a sudden, you've got, you've got to make that. And you've got to be mentally, you know, just on the edge. And he, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Those, those, both those saves that were back-to-back, very close. Uh, it was nice. Yerry Mina's still my guy. Uh, I thought uh, Big Yerald did a, did a fine job. Uh, and and kind of chilled people out a little bit uh, in terms of getting worried that we don't have two starters. Um, he was really good at one one on one defending as well. You know, uh, whenever he went toe to toe and people were coming at him to try to beat him to beat him, and he he shut him down. Mm. It was impressive. We we knew he was going to be good in the air. I loved seeing him body up Benteke. Bounce Benteke, yeah, that was quite satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, but, uh, you know, he wasn't the only one in the back line to play well, but he's, and, and uh, to be fair, Terry's been been singing uh, Yeri Mina's praises for, for a long time now, waiting for him to come good. So, Terry, speak, speak your piece. Is he your guy for, uh, for Man of the Match? Yeah, I mean, as Max said, Jordan Pickford, you know, had two massive moments as well, so you've got to consider him. But I, I don't think there, there should have been any doubts at all about Yerry Mina's quality going into the season. His fitness, absolutely, because, you know, he did yeah. a lot last season. So there's always that worry that, you know, he could break down, he's susceptible to getting, you know, muscle injuries and stuff. Hopefully, you know, not um, touch words because we need, we're now in a position where. We need to, you know, have them both fit and healthy for the at least till January. But I've always thought he was he was a good defender. I mean, he's a little bit rash. Like he needs to work a little bit on the decision making because he he's always, I think, in a red card risk, especially in the more you know you know feisty games where there's you know some running battles going on. I do worry on that side of it. Pure ability wise, I think he's a, I think he's a great centre back and. You guys need to trust me. You 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 furrowed your brows when I said about Michael Keane after the seventeen uh, eighteen season. You you thought I was crazy, and now here we are. And just just listen to me again. Mina and Keane are a good pair together. I would have liked Zuma as well, but Zuma remember was brought in to be cover for that partnership. And Zuma obviously established himself when Mina kept getting injured, but Mina was brought in to be Michael Keane's partner 
and we're seeing it now just a, a year later. Yeah. A big, stinky, I told you so from Terry. Mm-hmm. All right. There we go. That's... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I do have, like you said, fitness, durability. Durability concerns. He just kind of looks the way he's built. You're constantly worried when he goes into a tackle because he's just there's something about the way he's built. He's tall and thin, you know. Just just going to be concerned about that for a while. I uh, hope that's not an issue though. I, I, honestly, uh, people who didn't do have their best game. I thought Sigurdsson, you know, uh, was pretty wasteful in possession. Uh, missed a few chances. I think two in particular that I'm thinking of in the first half. Uh, he, he did the work. He always does the work. His pressing work's always good. You know, he, he, you never have a day where you're like, ah, Sigerson didn't work hard. No, he just, uh, he seemed a little sloppy hmm. for a player who's usually, I think, a little more tidy. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and let's just agree that um, Schneiderlin overreacted, despite the fact that that may not have been a foul. Uh, the overreaction probably didn't need to do that. Mm, uh, and just 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 don't even just don't even test John Moss because John Moss gets excited about the fact that he gets to make a call he didn't have to guess at. Yeah, true. And I know I know you mentioned before Schneiderlin in, in, in that part. But for me, I don't think I want to see that partnership of Jim Ammon and Schneiderlin again because I was when I was doing the uh, five things we learned from the game article um, a few a while back. I'm just thinking. It was like the equivalent of those dreams where, you know, when you're trying to throw punches to attack, but everything's just too slow and you're not causing any real damage. Like, and that kind of attributes to the point that we're just not creating anything from the centre of midfield. So mm. I just, it's just too defensive-minded. And although I've got, a, you know, a hell of a lot of respect for, the, you know, players in those positions, Gundogan, Xavi Alonso, those type of players, uh, so you've, just, you've got to pick the right partner for them. Yeah, and uh, let's, let's get into that. That was my next my next point. We had debuts for uh, Bama, Gabamin. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it every way we possibly can, because he said like several different ways is fine. Uh, we had a debut for him, and uh, I, I have to give him some respect for the fact that he flat out said, "No, I'm not ready." He's like, "I've only had three training sessions. I'm mm-hmm. not ready," and he came in because we needed him. Uh, so we had we had a, a debut for him, and we had a debut for uh, for Moise Keane who, for some reason, I keep hearing Moisa Keen from commentators. And I'm just like, dude, we did a video. Like, if you look at the Everton site, they did a video where he says, this is how to say my name. Yeah. All right? How hard is it? Just to, anyway. It's like this much research, you know? Anyway, uh, so how do we feel like uh, those those debuts went? Terry? Well, Kabamans was a bit of a horror show. And it's not his fault, and I feel really bad for him because obviously the more, you know, reactionary, you know, cry arsey corners of our fan base, you know, made a bit of, you know, a few snap judgments on him. And I think a lot of that was frustration at the lack of, you know, not getting the win, and it was taken out a little bit on him. He was very poor, but you could play. Uh, I'm sure with one week of training, if that, like half a week's worth of training after a holiday in a new club, in a new league, throw Kevin De Bruyne in that position, in that situation, and he's not going to excel. Like, what do you, like, it was it was harsh on Gabamon to even put him on. I mean, I think Silva should have put Davies on just for the experience, but I can see why, because he, he knows when Andre Gomez is leaving the pitch that he's thinking, he's probably thinking, I need to use Gabamon 
sooner than I expected. So I might as well get him on the pitch now and see how he does and you know get him some minutes under his belt. It's not really worked. I don't think he was as bad as people said. He did get caught by the pace a little bit, but you know he, what? What? What else was he meant to do? He's. He's. It's hard for players with a full preseason who are new to the Premier League to come in and adapt to the pace. It's really fast compared to other leagues. So he kept getting caught out on the ball because he thought he had more time to pick his pass. It was a steep learning curve. You'd think he'll be like that against Watford if he starts. I don't. I think he'll know. Like, who need to release this ball a lot quicker in when I'm on the pitch in this league. Moise Keane, nothing you can really say about his um his debut came on, a few nice touches. Um that was it, really. He, he wasn't on the pitch very long to make it, you know, a big impact. Again, I am <laughs> not expecting big things from him straight away. He is a teenager, he's new to the country <clears throat> league, he's got less experience, you know, less games than Gabamin. I'm I'm with um with Silver on this one, like, you know, to, don't rush this player in because this is what a lot of clubs who sign, you know, these star name youngsters do. They throw them straight in and go, go on, show us why everyone thinks you're great. And then, you know, they struggle a little bit and then everyone turns on them and destroys their confidence going, oh, he's a myth. He, you know, he's he's not as good as people said he was. And uh, honestly, I, I would be happy for him to come on slowly and in substitute appearances for a few more weeks before we start seeing him start because we bought our new star striker. There's no rush. There's no... There's no me, it's not like in the past where we had to play them. Like we've got other players who can play in those positions. We can, you know, we can still win games without Moyes Keane. I want to, I want him brought into the team, right? Max, anything on that? No, the both those, you know, aforementioned signings, both really young. Jabamon's only twenty-three. Moyes Keane's only nineteen, and in, obviously, in particular on Jabamon. I think he'll come good. I, I've got, you know, I've, I've got a likeness to players that come over from the Bundesliga. I think they, they've experienced football in a really good environment to experience football in. And if you, you think back to some of the transfers, like Balak coming to England, Company coming to England, Mertesacker, like loads of the players that come over from the Bundesliga eventually settle. So as, as Terry mentioned, those that are blowing the top straight away, just calm down. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think his, I don't think. Kabamine. I go through every pronunciation when I'm about to say his name. I'm just going to have to settle on something. Uh, I I don't think it was as bad as, as some made out. Um, I thought it got worse as the game went on, as you know, because his his passing early on, it was it, it was usually on point. It, it was you know he was putting putting it to to players' feet, which is cool. Uh, but as it went on, he was having to make quicker decisions. He had less time to make decisions, and he started passing the ball and giving it away. Um, that was frustrating. I saw one one time where I think uh, Meyer got the ball on the left side, and Kabamid had the had a choice of going toward the. Uh, it, no, Meyer was on the on the flank, but he didn't have the ball. The ball had gone to the center, and we had both of our center backs in the center of the pitch, and Gabamin chose to go with the ball instead of going with, I think, Ben Teke is who had the ball. And he and, and so he ended up, Gabamin went to the ball, Ben Teke passed it to Meyer, and Gabamin would have done better to actually cover that side rather than pile on and ball watch. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's what gave them their best opportunity, you know? And it's just a matter of him being able to communicate better, him knowing his role better, knowing his responsibilities better. You know, th- these are things that are going to come. 
you know, he's going to get used to the speed of the game and all that. He's a big dude. Uh, he's a big dude. He's athletic. I, I do think his passing is uh, is good enough for that position. I think that'll be fine. And I think he, we're going to see him uh, getting around the pitch a lot more and intercepting more, tackling more. I, he just seems like he likes that part of the game. Yeah. I think um, he said that he likes that part of the game. Actually. Yeah, of course. And I think he's fell in the shoes of someone that rivaled only in goal or Kante for, like, tackling and interception stats. Yeah. So, you know. Be patient. Yeah, I don't think that comparison helps him either. He's not an. Uh, no, no, hundred percent. He's 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 a Morgan Schneiderlin. He's a Gareth Barry. He's an Emmanuel Matic. He's not a Kante. He's not a McCarthy. He's not an Adrissa Gay. He isn't going to charge all over the midfield, just tackling everyone. He's going to sit. He's going to be a traditional like number six. He's going to hold. He's going to slot between the two centre backs. I think if people, if if he was sort of compared to Schneiderlin, people would have a different. Expectation of him and a different, you know, better idea of what he's going to be when we've not mm-hmm. like for like replaced Adrissa Gay because what's the point? You can't. If there was a player who was as good as Adrissa Gay out there, PSG would have signed him instead. Like so, we've gone for a more you know structured number six with Silver Lakes, which he had at um, at Watford, and we're going to build a different shape, different like formula in in midfield over that. So. I think people need to understand that he's not going to be Idrissa Gay 2.0. He's going to replace Schneiderlin, and he's competing with Schneiderlin for that spot in the squad. Yeah, and also a, a bit a word about Idrissa Gay. He had had a year worth of Premier League experience. He had already done all. He had had one year's worth of of understanding the speed of the game and the physicality of the game before he even came to us. So, yeah, you know what I mean. It's not a fair comparison. Um, regardless. Uh, one last bit, because I saw a lot of people commenting on DCL. What are our thoughts on DCL? Because I'm curious, uh, and this is the, the last thing I'm going to talk about, although I, I have all this other stuff. Uh, we just got to move on. Uh, Max, any thoughts on DCL? How do you feel like he did? Um, as you say, like he, he is obviously you know a point of contention. Obviously, that that shift to that number nine shift, it does just have some sort of symbolic resonance. You know, you go back to, you know, Dixie Dean, the first ever number nine, Graham Sharp. So that that that, that weight can't be ignored. Like it is pressure. He's obviously embraced that. He wanted the number nine shift. So, I, me, I go back to that Messi side derby, that nil nil, and he came up against Virgil Van Dyke. Van Dyke had the better of him in every single aspect, but he didn't give up, and he worked his ass off. To, like until he was taken off and he was absolutely shattered. From that, from then on, we saw a different version of him and we still saw that, that battle and willing to run centre-forward. He was holding the ball up really well against the Crystal Palace back line. Um, obviously, as, as Terry mentioned, we've got to take our time with the likes of Keane, although we want to see him burst on the scene and become some sort of superstar. If DCL's place for the moment. Mm-hmm. Terry, thoughts I mean, on DCL? If... If Moise Keane settles like we want him to, and he, you know, he becomes this, you know, quality player, I think we'll start to appreciate DCL in a different way. Right now, because he's our only, you know, well, until Keane's come in, he's our only proper striker. You know, with all due respect to Cheng Tosin, he want people want him to be all things to all people. He, you know, he 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 isn't that. I think we'll come to realise if Keane, you know, takes off that DCL's got his. Um, his pluses, and you know, he'll be. He, he, it's that game against Palace was the wrong game, wrong opponents for the wrong player. Like if we played Chelsea or Arsenal away on the first day, DCL would have been perfect because he's better. 
when he's playing that sort of counter-attacking, you know, role where he's, he's going to have to work the centre-backs like he did against Liverpool at Goodison. When he's sitting against a low block, he, he's not skillful enough to make his own chances in the box. And that's just something that is a fact about him. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a very useful player. But we want him to do everything. We want him to, you know, if he could do everything, if he could finish, he could work like that, he'd be Harry Kane. There's just no... People need to understand he's... He, just because he's been around a long time doesn't mean he's not a young player with some development to do. He's got better every year that he's been here. I couldn't stand him at one point. I didn't see what people saw in him. I was like, why did... When Ronald Koeman was playing him on the left, I was like, what does Koeman see in this Calvert-Lewin? And then every year he's just improved and improved and in you know, rocky circumstances as well. He was the only striker under Koeman uh, when we saw Lukaku and he wasn't ready for that. You know, he made the best of it. You know, he was flogged by um, Sam Allardyce and only since Silva's come in as his development really, you know, calmed down and gone to a proper track. But if Keane settles and does well, I think the two of them together will be two very different and very useful options depending on the opposition. And even occasionally, you know, you might see DCL come off the bench and play up front with them and complement each other. But right now, people want DCL, especially with the number nine on his back. I mean, I, I don't agree with it, but the, the number nine comes with a, not just an expectation of goals, but an expectation of style. I think the people want the number nine to be Duncan Ferguson. I think they want him to bully everyone. And he could certainly work on his aggression. He could certainly be a little bit more competitive in the box, but... He isn't Duncan Ferguson. He's not going to bully opposition strikers. He's not that type of player. Um, he's. I mean, his hold-up play is so good. It was so good on Saturday. I mean, it was it was really strong. He was, and he was holding off stronger defenders. You know, he's a bigger kid than I think I realized. You know what I mean? When you actually see him out there, uh, he's he's quick. He's skilled. I saw him make some very clever little layoffs. Uh, I thought he made some combinations. His pressing press defense is so, so good. I'm, I'm vexed by DCL because he literally does everything except score goals. And if our, and if our actual, if we're winning games without him scoring a bunch of goals, but just because of all the things he's doing, I'm going to end up being okay if we're winning, you know, um, it's just, it's weird though, because he's an, he's a nine. I feel like the goals are going to come. I think they're going to come, but Terry, you mentioned something I thought was really, uh, really apt in terms of the fact that he can't make his own chances very often. And he's going to have to work on being able to, because when we get into those, those games that we play, like we play against palace where they are just packing back and we're just hitting the, hitting the flanks and crossing the ball in. He's got to figure out a way to be able to bully off those defenders and actually win those headers and put them down, you know, because he's not, he's doing that thing where he kind of gets under it and it sails over. He's not actually, he's barely, he's not quite getting the position he needs to be able to win those. And I don't know if Keane's going to be able to do it either. We'll see. He's a strong kid too. Uh, I, I don't really know though, but that's, that's kind of the explanation for our lack of goals against some of these teams that play on those, you know, play so far back. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I can't say he's been clinical. I can't lately. I think for a little while there, I thought he was a clinical finisher, but I feel like he's got a little hump. He's been focused on so many other things, but 
I think the goals are going to come from for him. I really do. Uh, I'm not worried. Uh, yeah, I I think it'll be okay. I'm curious to what as to what Iwobi does in terms of bringing a little bit more options. You know what I mean? Like put another option in there with whom DCL can combine. With, combine. You know what I mean? Some combination play coming through the middle. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, all right, that's it. This has been way longer than expected. I guess it's just we haven't seen each other in a while. It happens. Um, so let's. Any any uh, parting thoughts on that? I, you know, go to Viva. Yeah. Yes. Maybe I'll actually get to see uh, this weekend's match uh, in real time instead of watching twenty minutes at a time on NBC Gold. Uh, so uh, that's it for uh, Palace thoughts. We're going to talk a little squad assessment. Um, you know, we were trying to figure out, I know me and Toffee Blues John, we're trying to figure out what segments to do. And we were talking about, well, should we talk about our strengths? Should we talk about transfers? Should we talk about our weaknesses? And it was like, well, we're, it all falls into squad assessment, doesn't it? You know, to really kind of look at what we have post-window, right? Um, so that's what we're going to start with. We're going to go through... Uh, all the different positions and uh, kind of assess whether or not it's a weak spot, a strength, or if it's just kind of meh. And I think you're going to see that a lot of, a lot of meh, mm. yeah, which is fine. I'm okay with meh. Um, so Terry, how are you feeling about our, uh, our keeper depth? Pickford, Losel, and I guess I got to throw a stack in there. <laughs> I mean, it's as good as it's ever going to be, isn't it? I mean, I can't see, unless we're in the Champions League, I couldn't see... Um, a case where you have two, you know, potential first choice keepers. It's usually one established fit. In fact, even most of the Champions League clubs in this league don't have that. I think Man United are the only ones who've got two quality keepers, and everyone else has got like a established number one with like a a decent number two. And I think that's what we, that's what we've gone out and done. I think we realised last um, season that Stecklenburg isn't really a very good option to come in if Pickford goes down with like a an injury or something like that, or gets a red card for a moment of madness, you wouldn't want Stecklenberg starting any games. Lossel or Lazel or whatever you say it, he's you know, not as good as Pickford, but he's better than um, Stecklenberg. So it was an upgrade in that position, so I'm pretty happy. I also am good with this depth. I thought Lossel was a nice signing to get a to get a backup keep on the free. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, Max, you good with it? Yeah. I'm good with it. Like, just to cover the entire assessment, like I do, like similar to you, Jerry. I endorse Pep Guardiola that you need to have two really good players to keep competition healthy in each position. But I just feel like it's a huge pain in the backside that your utility player who you just bring in gets injured straight in preseason. Like you bring in Fabian Delph, a player that Pep Guardiola has utilised several times, and you know. It's a good example of that having a you know a, a player of higher enough quality to challenge in more than one position, and he's the one that's on the, on the sidelines straight away. But I, I don't think we, we haven't got a good enough squad to to crack the top six just yet. I think we'll have to wait till January or maybe even the summer after. But we are on the right track. Um, 
Max get us in the right. Skipping to the end there. He didn't. You want to have to speak about the keepers, not the no, end. I no, know, I know. Apologies. I have literally got like the entire squad listed down in front of me. I know you've got one better than that. You've got like an actual update and document. But I don't know. I just don't think it's good enough. And I feel like it's got to be known. So, just a reminder Max does not take normal questions. He answers and says what he needs to say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Uh, no, actually, that's the kind of thing, like, that was, that's a pretty solid, like, introductory statement, Max. Uh, get us into right back, though. Um, Coleman, Sidibe, uh, if, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which I don't think I am. And uh, I think you have to throw Holdgate as part of our depth there as well. I'm Martina. Did you say Kyle Martino? <laughs> no, but he's in there. I, I was, I was. Yeah, no, yeah I've got Mar- I've got the the four the the four horsemen of the apocalypse: Morales, Martina, Belasi, and Nias, written on the side because I can't, I can't, man. You got to include them. You got to include. Them. No way. <laughs> but um, bring bringing into Debe made me, can't, can't, like it, it lifted me spirits and outlook on the entire transfer window. To be honest, like maybe it was just Everton. Like absolutely hitting the nail on the head with the announcement of the transfers, like playing into the fact that we want to build on this some sort of ambition where he said I became a champion with Monaco, I conquered the world with my country, and I like Everton's ambition. Although he is yeah. only on a season-long loan, finally we've got that cover at right back, which was much needed, like against Palace. Although Coleman was pressing high, and and he was having some success earlier on in the game, his impact waned as the game went on, which is to be expected. So mm. I think, you know, you go back to last season, you see, I think Baines even started that first game against, against Wolves and then Dean went called upon it and even sets the bar and makes the place his own. I wouldn't be surprised to see that going forward. Maybe not as successfully as Dean, but I'd just like to reinforce, I am, I'm quite happy at right back. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And right now, I'm, Coleman was all right. Coleman was all right. Yeah, I actually saw him play... A really nice ball across in the first half, and I was like, "Whoa, that was a, that was a sur- that was a decent surface." Because <laughs> with Coleman last year, I got to the point where I was like, "Come on, man, just get it anywhere near a player, dude, please." Uh, but uh, I, I thought he looked good, and he took he took on Zaha man to man late in the game, and uh, he looked solid. Um, Sidibe, I, I, what I like about Sidibe is the idea of somebody to share the load. You know, like in Lord of the Rings, share the load. All right, and uh, that right there—that's—that's uh, that's what I think he's gonna—he's gonna do. So, he, and I think it's cool because he's—he's—he had a pretty bad injury. So let's not have him play every game as soon as he comes into the team. That would be great. Gradually build him in. Terry, you good at right back? Yeah, I, I was—I um, said a few times last season that we need an um, a right back, Luca Dean type signing to come in now. Sadiba is probably you know not quite the same as that because let's be honest, Coleman is not in the position that Baines was in last summer where he's you know he's a lot older and he's winding down and he's about ready to be a number you know two choice. Don't think Coleman's quite at that point, but John Joe Kenny is highly thought of as he is by the club and by a lot of um, Everton fans. He is very much a youth player who's understudying a senior player. He's not real competition in the strict sense of the word. He may come back and be that because he's had a year on loan in the Bundesliga, but um, I think Sadiba, who's obviously got a good pedigree, he's won the World Cup, he's played in you know in Monaco and, and what have you. He's um, he's actual competition. He's a, 
a viable threat if Coleman has a spell of bad games or makes some goal uh, game-costing mistakes and Sadibe comes in, he might not get the shirt back the same way Baines did from Dean. So it's nice to have an actual, you know, some actual competition in that spot. Coleman's shirt, for, obviously, at the minute. He's the new captain, but he's he's less safe than he's ever been now since he's been at the, since he's been the right back at the club because this is the strongest competition he's had. I think he gets that. I think he gets that. I think that's why we saw such a strong performance from him. You know, but it, at the same time, I don't know. If, I don't know if what I just said is fair to Coleman because he's a strong character. I feel like he came into this season, he would have come out just playing guts out anyway. Maybe that's the more fair statement. You know, and maybe the reason he wasn't given all everything he could last season is because he's just getting older and he can't go game in, game out for that long a stretch anymore. Um, but the idea of having both those guys, I feel great. And if if for some reason neither one is able to play, Holgate is a solid third option. All right. So I feel good at right back as well. Keeper and right back. Let's go to left back. Uh, Terry, Luca Dean, Linton Baines. I guess you got to throw uh, Young Gibson in there as a possible, as like a possible third choice if you need to. He's right? sent it off. I know he, that's his best position, but he still plays left, correct? Mm. Much in the same way Colgate. He's Colgate, sort of, exactly. Exactly. Left, like sort of defender. Yeah, in times of emergency. But um, yeah, I think left Because we don't have any other left back that would be in front, in between those two, right? Yeah, but when you're not in Europe, I don't think you need more than, than two players in each position because, you know, let's be honest, you're going to be playing mostly one game a week, the odd pre, you know, midweek game in December and whatnot. So, same again, at left back as last season. You know, we've got the Premier League's best left back and an experience, the Premier League's former best left back as his, as his cover. This one's a little bit more clear cut in first choice and second choice than some other positions, but we're pretty well, you know, pretty well in that position because Baines if you know Luca Dean goes down with an injury and you see Leighton Baines coming off the bench I'm not worried at all I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like yeah, I'd, I'd definitely prefer Dean because of the time and the career of both players and I think he's a better player now but not to worry about with Leighton Baines it's, it's a, that's why he's been given the contract extension that he was he's a solid player to have in that um, in that sort of role where he can come in and be a steady hand if needed yeah, I always go at least three deep on these positions, guys. Always. Unless it's something where we don't. Like, so I don't know any other player that's on our roster, though, that would be after Baines. And I, I always worry about the worst-case scenario. Yeah. Every time. Like, even <laughs> if typically you don't use them, I always yeah. look at it. Because I feel like we end up seeing some nightmare scenario at least once a year at one of our positions. Like, yes. every year. So it's like two players for each position and like one auxiliary player who's played somewhere else. Fucking right there. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. Totally. Um, because we're about to talk about that kind of situation at center back in just a second as well. All right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you feeling all right about left back as well, Max? I mean, this, this stuff... This stuff is, it's season, all, isn't it? yeah, really? yeah. Cool. Center backs, uh, Michael Keane, Yeri Mina, Mason Holgate. And then there's a gray area. You got to mention, uh, Bama. All right. got to mention Gabamin because he has played some minutes at center back, so he can back up. And you got to mention a couple of the U23s in Gibson and Feeney. Uh, 
to me, when you get past three players who center back is their best position, three senior players, uh, that's thin. Uh, Max, how are you feeling about center back depth? Yeah, I agree with that. One of the best balances of that I think I've seen in recent years is when we had Jags, they stand and stones. It was just like a really good blend and balance to have mm. in terms of your centre back options. They all work relatively well in partnerships. Um, I to this day still long for that ball playing centre half to come back into our team. But I was reassured by the performance against Crystal Palace. You know, Yerry Mina really looked solid. That partnership was mm. Keane was there. Didn't seem to be any kind of miscommunications of any sort. And I'd just like to reinforce just how stupid that hashtag free Zoom, I think, was on Twitter. <laughs> Max does not suffer foolishness, everyone. I just wanna I just wanna put that out there. No. <laughs> I'll I'll be honest though, I, I genuinely did want to free Zuma. I, I did I did, but at the same time, you know, you just have to cut your losses. That, that, you know, he didn't have the performance of his life against Man United. It's actually quite the opposite. So uh, it, it didn't go well. Had, it I didn't go well for Kurt. The, yeah. the part, the part I didn't like was free, you know, free player type, you know, things like oh, hashtag free player X usually follows a player asking to leave, and yeah. they're not allowed to zoom it. Didn't actually say he wanted to leave. <laughs> Might as well no. have been happy to zoom it. We the were best. told that he said that he wanted to leave, but he didn't put in a transfer request. Yeah. So. The best example of that, I think I saw, was when Kagawa went to Man United and just ended up as being somewhat of a loose part and went in Dortmund kind of launched the campaign to get him back and did successfully. I think they even launched the, the video with him, like, escaping a jail or something like that. So that was <laughs> one of the only times I'll actually say that was well done. Um, really quick, I need to mention... Uh, Delph. If Delph's healthy, that is a possible left-back depth. That is, that's something I should have mentioned, just dawned on me. He would be our third left-back rather than Young Gibson probably. So yeah. that is solid depth and someone who has experience uh, at a senior club doing that. So I should have mentioned that earlier. And I didn't because I forgot to write it down. Mm -hmm. So anyway, by the way, it just occurred to me for the people who are watching, for people who are listening, you can't see this, but Terry looks as though he's the representative from heaven. Max looks as though he has literally emerged from darkness. So just like uh, like cinematography from The Godfather. It's a a heavy use of shadow, Jerry. You should know this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, So... uh, (laughs) It's just great, though. It's like I get I get commentary from both sides. <laughs> we're all, we're always concerned about injuries, especially you know thinking about Yerry Mina. We're worried about that and the fact that we're we're a bit thin at the position. It, we're nervous about that. I think we agree. Center back depth is one of our weaknesses as a squad. Okay. The thing is, though, that this this sort of like you know thin you know area of the squad is not specific to us. Like it, obviously. We're a little bit more nervous because one of our two senior centre backs got injured a lot last year. If, he, if say say Yerimina was on loan and we couldn't get him back, and it was just Zuma and Keane who were here, you wouldn't be as worried because Zuma didn't get injured last season, and neither did Keane. Or not very. If they did, it wasn't any that I remember. It's just because Mina did a lot, so you're thinking, oh, it's very. You know, is it likely that he's going to go again? But 
if you look around the Premier League, other clubs are actually rolling really light in some positions. Like Liverpool are going to sell Dejan Lovren, it came out today. That would leave them in the exact position we are with three centre-backs and a midfielder who can sort of fill in. Like They've got Fabinho, we've got Gabamon. Man United are the same, but not with centre-backs. They've got about a million centre-backs. But up front, they've got two players. As their centre-forward, they've got um, Martial and Rashford. I mean, we suppose we can count um, Sanchez, but they don't, so why should we? If they get an injury to one of their centre-forwards, they've literally got one one centre-forward, and then, it, and then they're starting to draft players in from other positions to fill it. Mm. It's not specific to Everton. A lot of clubs now seem to be, you know, running with a rolling with a light area of the squad. And the only problem we've got is one of our two senior ones is not, you know, sort of nailed on to be fit long term. But if, if I think some other clubs might, you know, if they're unlucky, might have some problems this year because Liverpool, who were brought up then, they've also not got any senior cover at fullback either, which we have. Mm-hmm. True. Well, they've got like what, like five senior defenders in the whole squad, and the rest of kids. But to the credit, and I suppose you know, makes sense as we're moving on to the midfielders. I think they've picked their their, their squad, you know, their utility players exceptionally well. In you know the likes of Sheridan, Shakiri, James Milner, it, it, you know, paid dividends with them winning the Champions League. Like those type of players, yeah. in contrasted to us, where we, you know we brought Delphin uh, straight away on the shelf. Everton look, I suppose, but we're not too bad in the field, are we? Yeah, I suppose that's a good comparison because you know they've got five senior defenders, but they've also got midfielders who can cover. We're the same. We've got a defensive mid who can play centre back in Gabamon. They've got Milner. We've got Delph who can cover at both full back and you know whatnot. So yeah, I suppose it's not as risky as people think. Um, mm-hmm. You've just got to be lucky, and that means that we're not going to be because let's be honest, it's Evan. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, by the way, for people listening, if you're hearing a little bit of, uh, I guess, sound imperfection, it, it sounds like Terry and Max are cyborgs. They are not. It is, uh, I am at the beach and I don't have the best connection. So, yeah. Apologies for that. Now that, now that uh, Terry has convinced us all that we're fine at center back, um, uh yeah and and i honestly it's something i didn't really realize by the way that other squads were doing that going light so anyway uh let's go center mid talk about center mids um uh andre gomez and this is not putting them into separate categories this is literally just the center mids okay uh gomez uh schneiderlin gabamin delf davies any others right now Benigami. that could possibly play? Benigami technically is part of the depth. Technically, he, he is uh, technically. I mean, technically. depending on, on your formation, Sigurdsson, I'd count him as one of the midfielders. And that's that's the thing. Like I've you know, that's that center, but only because Sigurdsson is like a second striker so often. You know mm. what I mean? Like the yeah. way he as far forward as he ends up getting. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but it's that's the problem with labeling these, but. Terry, to be fair, you did say, I did say center mids. So uh, just know I've got a different category, as in like you're right. But uh, center attacking mids, I've got those in a different category. So um, that's the only one I labeled separately. Um, So as far as those two, because, you know, we like to play that Mm 4-2-3-1. The players that could play one of those two. uh, Gomez, 
uh, Delph both hurt, Schneidel and red carded, Gobamin and Davies, and if you count Beningame. That's not the best situation to be in. Yep, we're in the defense straight away, aren't we, really? Mm-hmm. And that, and that already, we have to all agree, that probably makes it a little bit of a light spot for us, no? No, I don't particularly agree. I think how often really? throughout the season are you going to have you know, three absentees all at the same time? You've got two injuries, one suspension, all in the one position technically. That's not something that will happen a lot. Um, I mean, I hope not. Um, plus, it's only compounded by the fact that it's happened on the first game. If this happens in like November or February when Gabamon is settled... You won't be as worried. It's only now because you can only half count Gabamon because he's new to the league and he's had a pretty ropey first game. I, I think we're, we're I think we're, we're fine there personally. I, I think this is an extreme scenario we're in with three players missing and one who's just arrived at the club. We won't be like that at any other point in the season. I hope. So, see, I say this because we weren't able to get Decore. You know. And the idea there is if we had a Decore type of player, then this particular situation, uh, it's like, I don't know, I don't clinch my butt cheeks as much. You know what I mean? I, went to, um, I wasn't too fussed on missing out on Decore. It's just the, the injuries you're on. I mean, that type of player as well. Andre Gomez's about, injury know? is the thing that just kind of got me worried now because we saw yeah. how we kind of capitulated in the second half once he went off injured and there was that you know Schneiderlin went off and there was that big gap to, to fill in the field and just no one could do it adequately we don't genuinely tend to be productive with an attacking output from that area of the pitch and it seemed like you know we're going to ride that 4-2-3-1 till the end of time uh, I feel like we need to <laughs> move away from it and you know become something else but time will tell well think- we, we, we became a little something different when we got the red card we became like a 4-4-1 Mm. Just you know, is that? And I was just like, "Well, this is weird," but it seemed like that's what needed to happen, and we still uh, looked looked strong. Not strong to the point of scoring goals, but still, still okay. Ironically, I think I think Gomez is the the most irreplaceable player in the whole squad. Like, although we've got a lot of centre midfielders, other players in the squad, they've got like for like players who come in. We've got other midfielders who could come in for Gomez, but how many other players have we got who will run the game like him? He's the heart of the team. Might not always get the assists or the goals, but the whole team is based around his passing. So let me ask you, let me put it this way as well, with the people are worried about you know the midfield scenario. Say Idrissa Gay hadn't left and we didn't get Gabamon. If we were going into Watford with Gay, um, Davies and Schna- and Sigurdsson, would you be worried? I wouldn't. Mm. Because you know you know you know what you're going to get whereas we're only really worried game because we've seen Gabamon start uh, come in and not really you know take off not you know we've covered that in the previous segment not really his fault but I think the the worries have come from the fact that Gabamon might not be ready if it was Gay Davies and and Sigurdsson you'd be like okay so we're missing Gomez but you know Davies left to play it's just the unknown quantity of of Gabamon at Mm -hmm. this age which is the problem it's not Terry you did say don't compare mm. Gabamin to Gay and that they're different players and that we can't, you know, because that Robert, doesn't help this, the this fella, it, right? It's just, 
know, the, the three missing players are compounded by the fact that one of the remaining midfielders is a bit of an unknown quantity about whether he's going to be able to do it in this early stage. If we still had a familiar centre midfielder, say Gabamon got sent off, not Schneiderlin, you wouldn't feel as bad. It's just the fact that the, the of the two midfielders we've got left for this game, one of them, it's come too soon for him. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I think, you know, bodies-wise, and we're fine in centre midfield. It's just the one player we could have done with not starting is having to start, or might have to start. Hmm. And I think a lot of us wouldn't wouldn't also, we wouldn't want to say, let's start Davies either, right? In an ideal that, wouldn't, that, w- that wouldn't be our preference at this time yet, anyway. I think we'd be okay if, if we was, you know, because... Uh, Davies was talking about how he wants to start a little bit more and play farther up. Uh, so I think lately he's been kind of going in for Sigurdsson and dropping back more and kind of playing not really as that second striker, but as more of a, a center mid. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I would still be a little bit concerned if that was our three, but Sigurdsson and, and, and Adrissa Gay, I would, I, would, I would feel more comfortable. You're right, Terry. It is, it is a little bit of an inexperience with Gabami and that, Get you worried, um, and but it's the kind of an experience that could take a while. Yeah, could. So, yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to be fine. I also, but you just never know as far as development goes, because it's a lot of it seemed like it was composure. You know, so we'll see. Good talk, guys. All right, so uh, center attacking mid, uh, Sigurdsson, Davies, Iwobi. You have to throw Bernard in there just in case because he may get some minutes there. Um, I'm not going to, yeah, the four horsemen I'm leaving on the, on the periphery right now. Uh, not the wrestlers. Um, so, uh, anybody else that could possibly play that, uh, that kind of center attacking mid role? I mean, besides, besides, oh yeah, I said Davies, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it is Sigurdsson from potentially to lose, isn't it really? I think we're at a point now where it's almost as if, it's almost like utility attacking players where, you know, there's no Mm -hmm. cemented position for them on the field. They've just got to go out there and make it their own really. Uh, Mm Because it's been mentioned, you know, since he comes to the club that, you know, it will be, can be as youth in that that second striker role. Yeah. But it remains to be seen. Yeah, you missed it, Jerry. But I shook my head when you said um, Bernard. He's, mm. he, his whole career, he's played like twelve games there. People were I trying. Know, I know. So I know. hard to make Bernard a number ten. He isn't. People did this with Pinar. He was class on the left, and because he was class on the left, people wanted him to be a number ten because he'd do it occasionally for um for his national team, South America, South Africa. Sorry, I I think it's a straight fight between um Iwobi and um. Sigurdsson, I think Davies, and you know, in a pinch he'll he'll go there, but he's more of a utility, you know, around all the central positions midfielder. Mm-hmm. But if Sigurdsson gets injured, I don't think you see Davies start. I think it will be. He'll come in there, and that was sort of what he's been brought in for to give competition to both the wingers and um, Sigurdsson. Because whilst the wingers, um, the wide players like Bernard and Richarlison have have got competition uh, already, and the, you know. She, at all, I mean, he needed to sort of take a couple of boxes with that sign. He needed someone who could, you know, really test a few of his established names. Because if Iwobi had been fit at the weekend, say we bought him earlier in the summer and he was on the bench, 
he would have been on promptly for either Sigurdsson or Bernard because both of them were not up to scratch against Palace. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I mentioned only reason I mentioned Bernard there is I saw some people on Twitter were saying that he was actually getting some training at the at that position, you know, during practice. Uh, yeah, and the idea of just giving him some extra added minutes there. Uh, so I put him in there as like the fourth option. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes there. Um, our wings, all right? Basically, they're the same players except for one has Walcott, all right? They've, we have basically the exact same options on either wing, and I don't really think that Bernard's going to get many minutes on the right wing or right forward, but I've thrown him in there as a possibility. But on the right, Richarlison, Walcott, Iwobi, Bernard, and on the left, Bernard, Richarlison, Iwobi. Uh, yeah. And that's all pretty, and I just because I just don't see Walcott playing much on the left, um, yeah, and I don't see Belasi or Morales getting any time. So, but technically, Are you sure that is all right for the players. Yep, and that's what Terry brought up last time about how we were wanting to get a left-footed, you know, winger in, and we and we didn't. So, mm. yeah. Oh well, what do you do there? Uh, but there are some. There is there are a lot of different types of players there. Right, you know, uh, a lot of them like Bernard's not like any of the other players really. You know, he's more mm. of a more of a small, skilled player, not really going to get the goals from him. Which having a Wobi and being able to plug a Wobi in there if we need a goal late may be a good idea. But I think he's going to be starting a decent amount of games moving forward once he actually gets the time. Gosh, our signal's awful here, guys. Uh, Sorry, I keep losing you guys and going away. It's really distracting. Uh, so we feel good about our wing depth because we need to we need to move on and get this video done. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I, I've totally lost Terry's picture completely. By the way, uh, so uh, center forwards: DCL, Moiskeen, Richarlison, Jenk Tosin. Anybody else that could possibly plug in there? Maybe maybe a Wobi if he had to. I don't know. Not really. No. Oh, is Niaf off, by the way? Turkey? I hope so. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, 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 I think mean, the, uh, the four horsemen will all be gone. You know, like uh, Morales, uh, Balassi, Nias, and Martina. Because um, let's be honest, they've been given squad numbers that are just indicative of their standing in the squad. They've been given high, you know, 20s, 30s number, early 30s numbers. Mm-hmm. Three of them are out of contract next year. They'll be getting the uh, the old Ashley Williams loan, like a few others got, where they'll go and not come back. Um, Balassi probably, I mean, hopefully he's sold. It's it's the players that Jerry mentioned really as the options. Let's be honest, you're not going to see Nias playing in Everton. I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah, that is uh, that's pretty much the entire squad depth, though. That's all of it. So uh, okay. gone through all of it. Uh, I think. I have some issues with center back and center mid feeling a little thin for me. Um, I feel okay about the most of it, but I, I do I, I don't like the fact we don't have a, a left footed winger like at all. That's a little that's but you know that's where I'm feeling. You guys, uh, and I know Terry, you have less concerns about uh, kind of being a little thin at a couple of those. Um, 
and Max, I don't really know what you're thinking. I think you're probably in between me and Terry. Yeah, I suppose. As, as I just reinforced, I still don't quite think it's good enough yet to crack that top six, but, you know, we've got, we've got years ahead. So I guess that's it for a squad assessment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Max against Terry in a cage match of Toffee's Wit and Might. Hey, I survived it. All right, so uh, guys, we're going to do a penalty shootout quiz. I've got a note card here with uh, questions and answers that uh, that John has sent me. Uh, Webmaster John, Toffee Blues John, whatever you want to call him. Call him Phil, if you like. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to be going, uh, basically, uh, we're, I'm going to flip. I, I don't have a coin because I'm at the beach, and beach doesn't allow coins. So I'm going to be using this hat, to, f- and I'm going to be flipping this hat, and people who are listening via podcast, which that's all you are, uh, yeah, I assure you the hat is fabulous. So I'm going to be flipping it, and whoever gets to go first, it's going to be like they're shooting in a penalty shootout, and the other person, it's like they're blocking. So we'll do the uh, we'll do we'll have uh, best of five type of scenario, I believe. Uh, Ten total questions. All right. So um, Max, since it's been a while since you've been on, I'm going to have you call it. Heads, tails. Call it in the air, please. Yeah, it's such foolishness. All right, ready? Heads. It is tails. Really? Yeah, I apologize. It landed like this. So, Terry, first or second, my friend? Second, please. All right. Max, Terry. All right. Max, your shot. How many appearances does Seamus Coleman have for Everton? Hold on. Cue intense quiz music. I should have said that earlier. Eh. Now go. How many appearances does Seamus Coleman have for Everton, Max? Right, I seen him saying the other day when he was announced as captain that he doesn't want to be remembered as just another Everton player that made 300 appearances. So I'm going to go somewhere approximating around 300. I'll say like 315. 315, says Max. Terry. 325. I would like to tell you both that you have overbid on this one. You are both over. And that's part of the game, too, if you haven't figured it out. It's a little bit priceless rightish. If you guess over, it's, it's whoever gets the closest without guessing over. So, Max, shoot again. Do I not get that award to me for being the lower option? No. No, no. That's the, that's the new way, I've been told. It's the it's the closest without going over. So you guess again. Uh, um, 308. 308, says Max. Terry. 301. 301. I would like to tell you both, you have both gone over again. So, shoot again. Three hundred, exactly. Three hundred says Max. Two eighty nine. Two eighty nine. Actual retail price of Seamus Coleman. Appearances for Everton. Two ninety. Terry gets the block. Don't like this new format. I've got to be honest with you. It's like, the, it's like the equivalent of VAR. Kills it. <laughs> That's such a good point. <laughs> That's such a good call, Max. 
<laughs> uh, apologies, Max. I don't make the rules. I am. I am just your. Uh, yeah, I'm just a host, man. Um, so, Terry, your shot. How many? Uh, how many goals has Seamus Coleman scored for Everton, Terry? Twelve. Terry says twelve. Hmm. Maximiliano. Yeah, the high high goal scoring team, or higher than twelve. I remember Martin as his first season. Good output. Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen. Actual retail price, Seamus Goldman goal output is twenty six. Twenty six. Max gets the block there. All right. All right, Max. What's the total number? This is good luck. Good luck to you guys on this. I'm sure y'all will be fine with it. I, I, would, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that before, was it? No, I, I didn't actually ask the question yet. All right. I just think this is going to be. What's the total number if you add up Yannick Velasquez's Everton squad numbers? Oh. This is the thing you guys would be great at this, but I would be awful. Y'all, y'all are the ace at this. What, what, what was the ring 14? I would have been able to tell you it was 5 or something. Oh, what is it? I haven't got a clue to be honest with you. I'm going to go for like 7. What is he? Number 34. Hold on. The total number if you add up all of them. So you're supposed to add up the total. Okay. Oh, of each squad number that he's had forever? Yes. There are maths involved. Okay. Why would you hit me with that? Um, I didn't. I'm just a dude with a card. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say like 52 because I think his new one's ridiculous, isn't it? Okay. Max says 52. Terry? 31. Because he was 7. No, no, no. Sorry. He's 31 now. So 38. He was 30. He was 7 and he is now 31. So 38 is my answer. Funny thing. Uh, he went from 14. That's what he started on. <gasps> yeah. To 7. Know, he found his 14. To 31. And do you know what that adds up to, gents? It adds up to 52. Which is what Max said. A total uh-huh. guess. Oh, and he got it right. <laughs> I thought he... And at number 7, I completely forgot he was 14. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Max uh, shot in the dark. Literally, because you are in the dark. Uh, yeah, that worked. Well done. Uh, Terry... How many appearances that you wanted to forget? <laughs> How many appearances does Kuka Martina have for Everton? Too many. Um, that is the right answer. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> yeah. 30. 30, says Terry. 30. Max. It's because he had that run, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think it might be a bit more. I mean... 33. 33. I'd like to tell you both you have overbid. Terry, go again. 26. 26 from Terry. 29. Maxwell House. 24. 24. Actual retail price appearances for Cuco Martina. 28. Terry gets that one. All right. Tied up. 1 1. Max. Li Feng wore what squad number at Everton? Jesus Christ, I was probably about four years old. Um, I 
do you not know? Probably 35 at the time. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say 33. 33? Terry, what do you got? I did used to know this, and I, and I forgot, so I'm going to go with 37 as a guess. All right. It's weird telling you you both overbid because this is not the same type of, you know, th- but you have. Both of you are too high. So, go again. 27. 27 from Max. Terry? Uh, um, 25. And you both overbid again. Max? 23. 23 from Max? 22. 22. You've both overbid again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Max, what Max, what do you got? 19. 19 from Max. Um 20. 20 actual retail price of Lee Wai Fing squad number 21. <sighs> it's every number around that. Terry gets the block though. Um so Terry Johnny Hightinga got how many international caps for Holland while at Everton? Oh, I hate these ones. Um, I just think all these are hard, i got to be honest. 15. 15. Uh, if you Next. Play, play the World Cup final, did you know? I'm going to go for, I don't know, maybe a few more. Okay, 30. Johnny Hightinga got 40 international caps for Holland so Max with the block right now it's still 1-1 after after uh, after three rounds uh, let's see here Max it is your turn uh, how many yellow cards did Everton get last season Jesus Christ um, I don't know 30 30 Terry 40 40 uh, actual amount is 59 uh, Andre Gomez and Drissigay were the highest with seven. All right, so that's Terry with the block. Terry, how many goals does Jink Tosun Tosun Basha have uh, for Everton? Twelve. Twelve says Terry. Max. Seven. Seven. Max with the block. Jink Tosin has nine goals in 43 games. All right. This is a turn into quite a rivalry. Uh, <laughs> Max, how many appearances does 21-year-old Tom Davies have for Everton? Um, 130. 130. Sure, I've seen, I've sure, I've seen something saying he made his 100 appearance a while ago. Terry. 94. I would like to tell you both you have overbid. Max. 110. Okay, that is a clever strategy. Uh, Terry? I'm, I'm out of it, Jerry. This is going on way too long, this mate. <laughs> Me and Jerry both realised what you did there. But, um, come on. <laughs> 71? 71. Uh, yeah, Tom Davis has made 89 appearances 
for Everton. So uh, that's Terry with the block. Terry, if you get this one, uh, you know, it's yours. We'll see. I'm still laughing at, at your face when he, he said, you're both overbid, and then he, and then his next answer was higher than mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> you looked at him like, that's a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Max, this is the equivalent of Max just turning around and kicking the penalty like the opposite direction. <laughs> just like, whatever, I have a life. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Terry, Adam Ola Lookman, how many games did he play for Everton? It's too soon. <laughs> 46. 46 from Terry. Max? I don't know, 37. 37. Adam Lookman played in 48 games. Terry by a nose, guys. This was a really tight contest, so well done. Really well done. Um, so, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> that's funny. Glad this is just a sound because the card on my GoPro is full. Uh, so anyway, uh, Terry... You, uh, as is your, as is your want, and uh, the spoils of war, you, uh, you get to pick the old, uh, yeah, you get to pick the song we close out to. Everybody, uh, Max needs to go. Say bye to Max. Bye, Max. Okay, see you later, man. Peace Thanks. Out. Bye. All right. Good to talk. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Take it easy. Terry, what are we, what are we, what are we <laughs> wrangling out to? He knew I was going to take a few minutes to have a look, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. Um, give me all your loving by ZZ Top. More ZZ Top. Why are you what? picking? Get, why are you picking more ZZ Top? Just the beards, more than anything else. <laughs> I'm struggling to think, to come up with the spiel to let us use the song. Basically, I looked through my um, rotation for the last few days. And that was on there, and I thought, have I done CZ Top? I have, but it was Sharp Dressed Man. So I'm going to go forgive me all your loving. And I'm going to come up with the ropiest reason ever, and that's because we're back at Goodison at the weekend, so we need to give them all our loving. We need to, you know, make a good atmosphere for the new players and show them why they're going to love being at Everton. You know what I mean? I, I know what you mean, Terry. <laughs> I, I, I do. Uh... <laughs> That's good. See, if I picked it, I was gonna, I was gonna I, earlier when I w- went for a run. I had uh, the end by the doors in my head, and I was like, uh, the way some people reacted after that palace draw, it was like they were already abandoning the entire season already. I'm like, calm down, everyone. It'll be okay. You know what I should have done? I should have went for Jammin' by Bob Marley. So goodbye, man. Yep. That's. However, I feel like a lot of people are are talking about that one. So I think you're you're going a little different doing this easy top for real. I yeah. Think you're right. I, I, you know, it's too off brand for me. That in it really. And every single person's reasons for picking uh, ZZ Top for anything are beard related. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Uh, good. Yeah, and so uh, so as we as we uh, are. are soothed by the soothing sounds of uh, ZZ Top's beards. It's time to end Toffee Blues podcast. If you're uh, 
if you've been listening but just haven't decided, if, if you fear commitment, let me, let me ease you toward the possibility of trying to subscribe to us. It's, it's, uh, trust me, it's really okay. You know, it's just, you know, just a click. All right. Uh, also, if you, uh, if you're like, gosh, I want to see their faces, check out our YouTube channel, will you? Um, because faces abound there. Uh, and you would also be able to like, be like, oh, wow, Jerry's at the beach and he's wearing a hat right now. I put it on for the pod segment, so you wouldn't actually see that on the YouTube channel, but whatever. Uh, so if you want more Terry, check out Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. He's doing a piece as soon as we get off here for that, so keep an eye out for that. Max is probably going to be showing up on the uh, Echo podcast sometime soon, but he always will be on the Toffee Blues website, uh, doing written analysis, analysis there. Also, just check out the Toffee Blues, pod, you know, Toffee Blues website, uh, all things everything now. Um, lastly, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's all I have, Terry. Let's uh, let's get out of here. I'm gonna go enjoy the beach now with the family. Yeah, well, take it easy. Enjoy yourself. Thanks, buddy. You take care. Appreciate your time, man. And uh, talk to you soon. Everybody else out there, much love to you. And uh, yeah, don't uh, don't sweat the draw. Bye. <laughs>